Hello, everyone, and welcome to Quinn Cummings Gives Bad Advice, the podcast where I, Quinn Cummings, give advice to people I do not know. If you're joining us for the first time, you may be asking yourself, does Quinn really want to give me bad advice? And the answer is no, I do not want to give you bad advice. I want to give you good advice. But I have absolutely no qualification to give you any sort of advice at all. I am not Will Ferrell. I am not Zoe Deschanel. I am not Bob Newhart. I give advice because it amuses me to do so. So you might be asking yourself, will this advice I'm about to give you be good advice? Well, I think the answer is in the title of the podcast. If you want me to give you bad advice, you can leave a question for me at qcbad.com. It's completely anonymous, and better yet, it's completely free. So I can offer up this advice with a 100% money-back guarantee. Now, let's get started. Here's today's first question. Subject, drunk friends. Dear Quinn, I'm an early 20s person and just moved to a new state to work at my first job out of college. I somehow met some people and, thinking I lucked into a wonderful friend group, stopped trying to meet anyone else. Now it has been a few months, and I don't like how reckless they are about COVID or how much they drink. I am way too socially anxious to say anything to them, but I don't really know how to approach this. I had a built-in excuse right before the holidays. I was quarantining hardcore to be able to go home and see my parents. But now I am home and just seeing them posting about bars they are going to and talking about how we are going to rage when we get back in January. Any advice? Yes. Your timing is perfect. You come back in January and inform them you are, like many people, doing a dry January. And since not drinking around people who are drinking isn't any fun for you, you will see them in February. Then. Take the month to do a lot of yoga. Personally, I recommend the One Down Dog Yoga app, as they are both live and on-demand classes and they aren't terribly pricey, and after all, you won't be paying to run around with these fools. Stretch and breathe, which is something anxious people don't always remember to do, and decide not to decide about this problem until the end of January. While stretching and breathing, look around for communities in your new city. I know, it's hard right now, and I suspect that most of their charm for you has been you had already done the hard work. But it sounds to me as if you don't have much in common with them, or more accurately, you don't like them all that much. You deserve better than a crew you don't like. Give yourself January to enjoy your own company without anxiety. Then I promise you, you'll have a better idea what to do. By the way, This isn't an uncommon thing. I don't know if you know the book Brideshead Revisited, but a character in there is told by another character that when you go to college, you spend your second year of college trying to get rid of all the friends you made in the first year of college. There is something about changing places in your life that makes you glom onto the wrong people. It's a thing. And if you go to One Down Dog, try Essence or Estes classes. Trust me on this one. And happy holidays. This one comes from QCBad.com. Subject, how do I stop feeling guilty? 
Dear Quinn, I often brood over stupid things I did years ago. I dropped and broke someone's gift at a staff party. I took some small amounts of money from a copier machine where I worked over 35 years ago. I have made amends, but that I did it at all still bothers me. Any suggestions as to how to let things like this stop nagging at me in the middle of the night or in the shower or etc.? Oh, I know this one. So well. Since this is very, very familiar to me, I will speak to you as if you are, in fact, me. Quinn, you have made amends. And I promise you this other person hasn't thought of this event in years, which you already kind of know. So why are you using this ancient history to kick yourself? Now, back to me talking to you. I do this when I'm tired or anxious or, ironically enough, feeling out of control. Something about the feedback loop of, let's consider this stupid thing Quinn did during the Clinton administration makes me feel stupid and bad, but also more secure? It's familiar. I know this story from beginning to end, and while it makes me flinch, I seem to get something out of it. So person not unlike me, you may not like these thoughts, but your brain is getting something out of this process. It's up to you, and maybe a professional, to figure out what you gain from this and see if you can gain the same thing from a more positive activity. Either that or call me in the middle of the night, because God knows I'm up rehashing something I did. This one comes from QCBad.com. Subject, flirting? Dear Quinn, how can I tell if a waitress is flirting with me or just being attentive? She's being attentive. Never assume someone who is working is flirting because everyone who has worked in the hospitality industry has dozens of cringeworthy stories of someone who mistook their desire for a tip as a desire for, well, their tip. Statistically, she is not into you. Even if she is charmed by the cut of your jib, you are not meeting on a level playing field. You can leave. She really can't. You tell a bad joke, she has to pretend laugh. You, completely unknowingly, go one step beyond where she's comfortable, and she has to just accept it and still make sure you're happy with your salad. She may be beautiful, charming, appear to be delighted with your choice of Merlot, but always assume she's at work and you're not. She's not flirting with you. This one comes from Twitter. Dear Quinn, my mother turned into a Trump supporter. She and I don't speak, but she sends me passive-aggressive texts on holidays. Should I block her number? Should I try to reconcile? Try to find humor in her wishing your life is well on this day, etc. message? Passive-aggressive people are simple creatures. They want you to rise to the bait in the subtext so they can get what they need, which is to pretend there is no subtext. You are the adult. 
which means you understand life is complicated. Some days you might find her passive-aggressive texts funny. Some days the exact same words might be absolutely maddening. I would suggest not blocking her because as low as the odds may seem right now that she will change, there is always a very, very small chance she might. And I never want you to think in the years ahead, what if there was a way to reconcile before she was gone? In the meanwhile, answer the text and ignore the subtext. Wish her a Merry Christmas, thank her for the birthday note, and don't engage any further. This one comes from QCBad.com. Subject, bye-bye, boss. Hi, Quinn. In an unexpected turn of events, my boss found another job. We have never seen eye-to-eye, and while I mostly like him as a person, I've never responded well to his leadership style. With COVID, we aren't going to be able to throw him a goodbye party, so instead we're all planning to give him a gift and I don't know what to do. If it's overly nice, he'll think it's disingenuous. If it's middle of the road, it's going to look bad against everyone else's. And I can't not get him anything at all. Any bad advice? Yes. Use the fact that every charity desperately needs help right now to thread this needle. You know enough about him to know that he likes something, be it fly fishing or old cameras or that cruise he and his wife took to Venice. Make a donation in his name to a charity which ties into something he feels strongly about. This proves you know him and respect what matters to him, which is something you can honestly say. And if that doesn't feel right or like it's enough, go find a coffee table book about something he likes. And for what it's worth, those things are inevitably on sale. Just saying. And as far as measuring up against other presents, you're not all going to be in the room at the same time, and this isn't a six-year-old's birthday party. Do what you think is right and move on. This one comes from Twitter. Dear Quinn, My dog loves to be outside and needs no coaxing no matter what the weather is like. My daughter's dog, on the other hand, has to be pulled, prodded, or carried outside to do her business in colder weather. Any advice on how to get the pup to go outside willingly? Thanks. P.S. Both dogs are five to six pound chihuahuas, if that matters. Our last dog was a cocker spaniel. We live in Los Angeles, so it doesn't rain very often. But if it so much as purposefully misted, he would treat the outside as if there were sulfuric acid dampening his wavy blonde hair. I would grimly remind him he was British, for God's sake, to no avail. The dog hated rain. Some dogs hate weather, but adore their humans so much they can be convinced to love the thing their human seems to love. Chihuahuas are each the tiny, intermittently benevolent overlord of their own principality. They aren't going to humor you or anyone else. This dog may just hate weather. You might want to try a jacket of some kind to see if it's the cold or the damp hitting skin. You might want to try a high-value treat or two each time they are outside during the winter. 
You may just want to remind him that Buddha told us life is suffering, and the sooner he craps, the sooner he's back inside under the blankets. And be very grateful he's small enough to pick up and override. This one comes from QCBad.com. Subject, Best Friend in Crisis. Dear Quinn, My best friend started up a relationship with a mutual friend almost two years ago, and her family has no idea. She's in her 20s and lives at home with her emotionally abusive parents. She's not allowed to have male friends or associate with men in any way, and if she came clean, she would be disowned. She is a traveler, and she says it's cultural norms to hold this in place. She loves her partner very much, and they have talked about getting a house together and starting to build a family one day. But she has a brother at home who is younger, and he is mainly the reason that she stays. She knows the extent of the abuse she is suffering, but she doesn't feel like she can leave the environment without losing absolutely everything, including her brother. And she loves her parents. However, because of them, she doesn't have many other friends, so while obviously I would do anything I could to help, she would have a very limited support network if she did decide to come clean. She doesn't feel happy where she is, or safe enough to leave, and the lie is tearing the two of them apart. What can I do? You? Um, nothing. You aren't a traveler. And that community is, as you know, incredibly insulated. Uh, Just side note, as I was doing some research for this answer, I did some research on the Irish travelers. The Irish travelers within Ireland are so genetically divergent to the Irish population, they might as well be in a different country, which they are. Add in that traveler children frequently leave school after the 8th grade, and sometimes earlier than that for the girls. And you have someone who has a very limited understanding of the outside world and vanishingly few job skills. Someone who knows the only way she can remain with her family is if she remains desperately unhappy. That's called coercive control. Some traveler women can accept it. Your friend, it seems, cannot. Now, what she can do. When she is with you, go to thehotline.org on your phone. Encourage her to talk to someone live on the website, which you can do really easily. Again, on your phone, not hers. Leave no trace they can find on her phone. The website is primarily for intimate partner violence-related issues, but your friend's situation is close enough so the person she talks to will have ideas or links for her. This won't happen quickly. On average, it takes people living in intimate partner violence situations seven times before they actually leave. But she will start being able to make real concrete plans with people who know how to do it. As far as them being pulled apart by the lie, I understand it. It's hard to live like that. This may not end up being the boy in her future, but there will be a future, and it will be one of her making, not of her family's. Please let her know that I am thinking of her and that everyone listening to this is sending her strength. 
This one comes from QCBad.com. Subject, suggestion for fun things to do this COVID Christmas? Dear Quinn, my husband, son, and I have made the excruciating decision not to see any family over the holidays. While I am convinced this is the right decision, I am so sad about it. Any ideas for what a family can do over the holidays to cheer me up? I'm getting fabulous food and champagne, but what else can I do? Don't call it Christmas. Christmas is a word which, if you click on it in your brain, sends you into a Google's worth of images and feelings, smells and sounds, hugs and no social distancing. This year doesn't deserve to be held up to that standard, although, let's be honest, most of us are exhausted after the season because the Christmas we had wasn't exactly the Christmas we promised ourselves we'd pull off this year. Christmas has become less of a day than a forced joy march from Thanksgiving until whenever the tree is put out in the trash or back in the box. Again, that is not this year. This right now is time out of time, which is sad and a little frustrating, but also freeing. We may do what we like. I am reminded of one year my mother and I both got the flu right before Thanksgiving, and we always went to a friend's house because it was just the two of us. But we ended up just being deathly ill all day and lying very still on her bed and watching Twilight Zone and complaining to each other about how our hair hurt. You know what? It was kind of oddly fun. There were no expectations. It was not bad. I mean, it hurt, but it wasn't bad. Also, I don't really like turkey. Anyway, instead of measuring Christmas against previous holiday seasons, consider this time on its own. Maybe you lie around one day and watch all three Godfathers in a row. Yeah, I'm going to make you watch Godfather 3. Apparently, there's a new director's cutout, and it's less terrible. Um, For several years, my family made gingerbread drag queens, which I have to tell you is highly satisfying. Maybe you find the Hallmark Channel and Rocky Horror Picture Show several movies starring Candace Cameron Bure. Maybe you have a film festival where each person makes the other two watch a movie you love but have never convinced them to see. Or decide the living room needs an accent wall. It's just paint. You can always bring it back. The odds are very high that next Christmas will look more like earlier Christmases. And we won't have another one like this again. Don't waste it wishing it was like all the others. Let its freak flag fly. And whatever you're celebrating, I hope it is weirdly wonderful. And remember, glittery frosting on a gingerbread cookie is perfect drag queen evening wear. Okay, I think that's enough bad advice for today. And remember, I can't give you bad advice if you don't ask for it. Your question doesn't have to be profound, complex, or emotionally demanding. It can be about pretty much anything because, let's face it, I am unqualified to offer advice across a wide range of subject matter. And as we all know, sometimes the nuttiest question gets the best bad advice. You can reach me on Twitter, at Quincy, that's Q-U-I-N-N-C-Y, at Twitter.com. 
Or you can post a question to qcbad.com. Just log into letter Q, letter C, B-A-D.com, and there's a question form right there. If you want to show people your feelings about bad advice, we now have bad advice merchandise with our fork and a toaster logo at quincummings.com forward slash merch. We do add new products from time to time, so check out the catalog. And let me know what you think. Before I go, I'd like to thank Richard Emmett, who composed my groovy music, and Keith Greenstein, who designed my groovy logo. I also want to thank Phil Rohr and Prime Rib Productions for making it possible for you to hear any of this. Okay, that's enough for now. Keep those questions coming, and I'll see you all next time. <laughs>